This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big cracker dolls and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks? This is where it's at. Windows tinted, seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner, cause niggas know that it's money on the Man, I mean, the game is the game. The game is the game, man. You know, like, uh, you know, sometimes people don't do what they're supposed to do. And then, you know. They get cut from the team. That's what happens. What do you want me to do? <laughs> you do it to yourself. You you really do it to yourself. I'm just out here trying to shoot somebody club up <laughs> at one point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 32. It's the right age. You know what I'm saying? Shoot somebody club up. Uh-huh. And, um. Uh, it bees like that sometimes. Hey, she's a motherfucker. She didn't st- she sent me some food up here and shit. Had some food delivered for me and shit. From Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> From the taco spot. Cornetto's you got somebody you got somebody in your own city <laughs> won't send you no food. Oh man. Hey man, sometimes the winners just gotta win. I mean, at some point, dog, it's always what goes around comes around. I be waiting for my come around. Pause. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, you know. Yeah, man, score one for the bad guys. Niggas just be trying to be happy sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Score one for the bad guys. All right, man, let's get on with this shit. All right, man. Yo, what up, though? It's your man Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the Tinfoil Hat Titan, a.k.a. the Conspiracy Realist, a.k.a. the Technology Snob, Steve Jobs Jr., don't text me with your green bubbles, a.k.a. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach, also known as Juice, because all the girls say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't run without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. A.K.A. if you one of them niggas who only trust what you can touch, when you see me, give me your pound and shut the fuck up. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man Dame Gone Wild, the West Side Landlord, the pride of P.A., High Chief Dame, don't fuck around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite dame. And a David Ruffin of the Shop Talk podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. It's heartbreak Dame season. Let's go. Welcome back. Shop Talk podcast episode 196. Somebody's going to listen to this episode tomorrow and be crying because they didn't get shit today for Valentine's Day. Well, you, you know, didn't deserve it. This is being dropped on National Side Chick Day. <laughs> National, we are not necessarily there yet. So Friday night, Valentine's Day may send the wrong message. But Saturday night is the correct message day. And it's also the day that This Week in Culture is hosting uh screening so i hope you actually there right yeah. now um for the photograph tell your mama happy valentine's day and dame misses her i know she misses what we had Man, i, I got, still have her panties uh how, how was your uh did you get any uh you were new at work yeah so you don't, don't nobody know you and shit um the lady showed me a little bit of love today okay i'm trying to stay real low-key yeah like really low-key yeah because this this is uh this is the thing you know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, you don't want, you <laughs> yeah. don't want that to find. <laughs> no, I'm trying to stay really low key at work. Yeah. But I, I, I've had, I've had the opportunity to meet, you know, a few, 
few pretty faces. But I'm trying to just keep it low. I just want to go to work and go home. A couple things at work today. Yeah, felt kind of special. Yeah, I got on. I got some cards. Somebody sent some. I got I got a flower, and some candies, and some balloons, and another balloon, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. teddy bears and shit. Like, hey, yeah. hey, this is work. Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, <laughs> you're making it hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be down in HR in a minute. It's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, she's yeah. trying to get you to look past some attendance points. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Hey, we, man, I used to work somewhere as a supervisor and. Lord knows what some of y'all did to get me to erase them attendance points. Man. And that's just between you and I. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> them schedule adjustments is between you and I. As of right now, I'm still listed as a as a as a as a uh, a rehire, so I won't <laughs> I won't say anything that can incriminate me that can change my uh status if I ever need to go back to that one place yeah. that we worked at. Um so man, how was how was your week, dog? Uh <laughs> you know week I, two on a job? It is week two. I hate it just as much as I did last week. And what makes me hate it even more. So, you know, I got to take the shuttle to get to my work site. They ended up moving the shuttle stop. So now it's like another four blocks away. So now I need a fucking shuttle to get to my shuttle stop. I hate it. That's fucking. I hate it. That don't make no goddamn sense. I hate it, man. If I'm not on the shuttle by like 820, I'm going to be late to work. And I don't start till nine. Uh no, that's and I didn't get paid today. No, that's not what's up. <laughs> but I didn't. You know what? I ain't gonna front. I niggas gonna nig and I'm a nigga. I didn't get paid because <laughs> niggas gonna nig and I'm a nigga. <laughs> like, I didn't get paid because I I didn't feel I'm I was a, like I'm a nigger, but not a anyway. Whatever. That's I did, a clever joke. If you I, didn't even mean to be, <laughs> I didn't fill out some information that I was supposed to. So how they get your attention? We're not gonna send you a direct deposit. We're gonna send you a paper check, bitch, because you didn't do what we told you to do. <laughs> so be I, so mad when they deposit anyway. I can't so look, that. I called out. I called out a payroll pissed. She was like, uh, "I'm looking in your, your you inf- mailed it out." Yeah, I'm like, "Why? F- I, I signed up for direct deposit." You she know, was, it was really fucked up. Monday's a holiday, so if it's not there, you ain't gonna get it to bitch Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Whew. She was like, "Well, had you filled out the information that we emailed you, your direct deposit would have been there at twelve oh one, because you didn't fill it out. We sent you a paper check." I had to put on my humble voice. Thank you. Thank Welcome you so much. to the wheel. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Welcome to blah, 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 last week. So that's why I had to file unemployment again because I ain't get no money. Yeah. So till I get my money, I'm still collecting unemployment. Yeah. Um. What else, man? This was uh. This week, man. Man, I had a really good week, dog. I see. <laughs> I, I had a really good week, man. And like, a lot can change in a week. <laughs> Who is you telling? You know, we was having some conversations offline, but like, nigga. Touchdown. <laughs> like, seven days or 10 days, seven to 10 days can change a lot. Yeah, it can, man. You know, so, uh, yeah. It bees like that sometimes. Yeah. 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 I don't know what to uh, say. <laughs> a young lady famously told me that the game is the game. That was from the wire, too. <laughs> right. Hey, we, we talked about it on Span Show. The Lord giveth. And taketh away on both ends. This is true. <laughs> Nobody's immune from it. So, you know. I had a really good week, though. Uh, also, man, one thing that, that popped out today. Uh, I have been, since January, man, I've been um, filming, um, shooting this web series. Um, and uh, my client that I uh, shot the web series with, she just dropped her first episode today. So if you follow me on Twitter, um, I posted the link. Um, go find that because it's my first credited 
full bunch of credited stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm that's saying? That's a good look. Uh, so a couple more than shits to go. I know it's, it's been a long creative process for that young lady, and I'm, you know, I wish it nothing but success. That's what's up. Sincerely, yeah. right? Not even, not even no joke shit. I know it's been a labor of love. She didn't put a lot of hard work and effort into it. You know, I hope it, you know, takes her places she didn't even imagine. Yeah. Um, other than that, man, what's been, listen, dog, this shit is so funny to me, dog. This shit came across my timeline and on the internet yesterday. Uh, have you seen the, the 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 debit card or the credit card with the Harriet Tubman on there? Doing the Wakanda pose? Yeah. What you think? Nigga, that shit is blasphemous. I want to know who who drew that shit up and who approved them them specs. I love that shit, nigga. <laughs> I love that shit, nigga. <laughs> I don't like the Wakanda forever pose that she got. First off, Wakanda can't didn't make putting your fucking hand in the X, okay? No, like, that's you know the first time I saw a nigga's hand in the X in a fucking casket. Niggas don't be like that. Niggas don't <laughs> niggas don't be uh like this in the fucking Wakanda like, out in the, the casket. Fucking sarcophagus. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking Egyptian. Nah, nigga, first yeah, King Tut, something like that. It's probably like the first time I've nigga, seen it. I love that shit, dog. First time I saw I thought it was doing a blade dance. I'm like, oh shit. Um, you gonna get you a Harriet Tubman she, debit card? Nigga, that's from one united. That's the black bank. <laughs> I know. I'm happy. I think which one is that? Which one of us is that? That's you. That's oh. you. You keep fucking with that mic. Oh, I don't know. My bad. Uh, but nigga, that's the black. So listen, I like cultural shit, and I don't think that cultural shit should be ashamed. Like we ashamed of it because it's doing some some cultural shit. Fuck. It's Black History Month too. Come on, Jay, get it together. Get it together. This this is almost like the first year again. <laughs> Work the kinks out. I don't understand. Maybe it's a short somewhere. But anyway. Don't be ashamed of your cultural shit. Like it's a, it's like it, you ashamed. I can't believe they got it. So what? So if you mean to tell me if I was sitting up there with my hands in my pocket, that's better. Nigga, Fuck let me that. let me tell you, they would have put Harriet on them t- on them twenties like they were supposed to. Guess who'd have been putting them in, in strippers thongs? Dang. Like you don't want to put Harriet on a twenty? Hold my beer. <laughs> put her on a fucking credit a Visa credit card. Slide this over. <laughs> Go ahead and swipe Harriet. Oh, it's why, on there. While we playing and shit, don't act like nigga. I got my face on a credit card. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole ass picture of me on a fucking credit card, nigga. Like if if I could be on this bitch, <laughs> then so can you. Don't like, even look like that no more, nigga. This picture is from like twenty fourteen or yeah, some shit. You don't even fucking look like that. What I look like? You have hair in that picture, and you have you a, can barely see and you it. had a thin ass goatee. I almost got my goatee cut up. Yes, I mean I know you because because you're not committed to this beard life, my nigga. Like you, you moonlight here. I live here. I mean, I gotta. I live here. I don't want to cover half my face. <laughs> my face is pretty. My face is pretty handsome. So you a know, a young lady at the job asked me because like not, when I didn't have no job, like I I would trim it up a little bit different. But I told him y'all gonna get this Taliban beard. <laughs> like I'm not cutting this bitch no time soon. Y'all gonna get this Taliban. Yeah, I almost cut it off the other day, man, but uh I'ma wait. I'ma wait, uh I'ma wait till we do our live show and then I go back to Yo, we got a live we got a, a live event next week. Yes. Next at the Masonic Temple. At the Masonic Temple. And you better get there fucking early because we up pretty early on the bill. Yeah, let me uh let me go ahead and look and see what time we going up. Like seven twenty five. Yeah, which one of these got we got tagged in? I don't know, but she they putting a lot of effort behind this event. We'll be doing a live podcast. Yes, Shop Talk podcast is going on live at seven twenty five p.m. 
And then this week in culture is going on at 8 p.m. So them the parts that's going to be extremely fire. And our brothers are the the connected experience. They're going yeah. they're going to be there. Uh, who are the the young ladies? I can't think of their name. Call you back. Yeah, call you back later. They're going to be there. Uh, call you call you back. Later. Call you back. Call you I'm back sorry, by, I don't want to disrespect. Uh, uh, connected experience is going on at 9:15. Uh, call you back is going on at 10:15. You know I'm staying for them. I'm I'm staying. Yeah, for I'm staying. I'm staying for all my people. Uh, so it's going to be a really good performance. Hey man, come watch this show the fuck out. And if you don't show up. You just make sure you're there on March 13th. Because um, we're going to have some shit lined up. Yeah, man. We're doing a live show. This is going to be our first live show where it's just us. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all not yeah. coming out to see, like, a collection of different people. You coming to hang with us. Just Jay and Dane. You know what I'm saying? So we'll give y'all a good... I mean, shit. Normally, we, we give you two hours every week. So, you know, we'll go two and a half, We got to have some... I'm, I might... We might have to pull something special out the bag for, so, for I mean, three. we're we not saying this... We, it's not going to be... <laughs> it's not going to be special for the 200th episode. Yeah. But, you know... Just, Specialer yeah. out the bag. So, um, you know... Also, man, keep it, keep a lookout for Urban Podcast Month. That's coming up in May. It's coming. You know what I'm saying? And then your birthday. Oh, yeah, my birthday. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be 38 special out here. Yeah, man. And I'm going to buy me a 38 special for my 38th birthday. Or someone could buy me a 38 special for my 38th birthday. If any one of y'all listening, not one of y'all, but if. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get somebody to buy me an AR for Valentine's Day. I got real close. I found one on sale for like six fifty. Uh, we can probably do a little bit better than that. Yeah, I mean, but that's a good price. Yeah, I, I wasn't mad at it. You can build cheaper, but that's a that's a good price. Yeah, she just didn't want to put her name on a gun registration. It's a rifle. Why not? Nigga, uh, because uh. I might shoot somebody, which means <laughs> nothing. Nigga, I can give you my gun. Right, <laughs> I can give you my gun right now. You are gonna shoot a nigga? You can't put that shit on me. <laughs> Like, give me a motive, means, opportunity, fingerprints. Gun, like, this guy, his name. Like, that's some movie shit. That, <laughs> right. Like, that's, that's like a bad movie plot type shit. Like, nigga, I don't even care if my fingerprint's on that bitch. Like, how the fuck I get in Los Angeles last? Like, shut up. It don't make sense. Prove that I even know this nigga. Like, <laughs> right. You, I murdered a complete stranger. Like, come on, man. That shit don't. I only work in, like, movies and shit. Or Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or or if you're black in a white neighborhood. Yeah. So. Um. Also, man, this this week we going to uh, you pulling up still with the Roy, the Royce joint? Absolutely, Garden Theater. I'm gonna try. I'm trying to get a press pass. Uh, First of all, have you been listening to them? Dr- Did you hear Upside Down? Royce and Benny the Butcher. Man, I text you uh, <laughs> one of this Saturday. Like, dog, this shit is fucking amazing. Royce is in his bag right now. This motherfucker said Gucci ain't the only one putting, putting black, black faces, faces on, on the front, front of shirts. Man, what? Woo. <laughs> That hurt my feelings though, cause I ain't never thought about that. The whole blackface and on the y'all was mad at the blackface on the shirt, but nigga, and last Friday, rest in peace to uh, DJ Slick B. Yeah, y'all fucking took a, a a good working man, and now we for no reason. And the next day, I heard that joint, and so it really hit hard, cause like y'all stashed a a good soul, and but you will be beefing and talking about what Gucci got. Yeah. Or what? What? Right? Like, come on, man! And that song also featured another incredible births by my favorite rapper right now, Benny the Butcher. Nigga said, "I'm I'm Rasheed Wallace. I ain't afraid of I ain't afraid of the text." Yeah, man. <laughs> so I I love the Butcher, and I'm going to the Griselda show on the 26th. Oh, nigga, we mobbing through 
the Wu Tang. Oh, for sure. You got to buy them tickets early, dog. Because like they drop in March. You, you the show is in March, but yeah, you got to buy the tickets like immediately, though. I want to wear a suit and tie and go see the Wu Tang. You got to though. Cause you can't be up in that bitch with some Jim, Jordans and or no, some Tims. I'm, I'm on going to dress. I'm going to dress impeccably and go see the fucking Wu Tang. Yeah, dog. You know, uh, we got we up in there. Yeah, like we gonna because I miss Nas. Yeah, I miss Nas when he performed with the DSO. I'm not gonna miss the Wu Tang Clan. Man, we gotta bring the whole Royal Rumble through there, dog. I'm down. You know what I'm saying? That's that would be a nice little suited and booted event. Absolutely. It might be some time to debut something else. <laughs> <laughs> little inside joke right there. Oh, that's funny, dog. That's funny. Um, man, there was a couple things that crossed my timeline uh that I can touch on before we before we uh bring our guest on. Okay. It was the Harriet joint. Uh oh. This joint flew around the internet. Did you see the video? Uh, this is what it says. This video has the internet legitimately. Sound it out. The internet has the legitimately divided. This dude is in the last seat on an airplane, and the seat does not recline. The person in front of hers, his, it does, and he so and she reclined it all the way back. He's so upset that he's punching her seat incessantly. So she records him. And he just like punching her seat the whole time because the seat went back. Like, who you think's right and who you think's wrong? I think there's a a fair amount of bullshit on both ends. Like, do we know? I do because like, bitch, my seat can't recline. Like, I get it. You on the airplane, you want to relax, but like, I can't go nowhere, and you know that. Like, show a little bit of common courtesy. Now, my man is definitely being a dick. By punching the back of her fucking seat the whole two hour ride, but I mean shit. So listen, I think some of it is deserved. Um, the seat goes back. Like I didn't design, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put. You ever sit on the back row of a plane? No, I have. I'm not poor. (laughs) I I sat on, I sat on the back row of a plane from a work trip. Maybe, nigga, I was in front of the toilet. That's how far. That's how far. That's how far. Maybe I was. And that's the worst place to be on a on an airplane trip. I was flying back from Arizona in front of the toilet. What that got to do with me though? <laughs> Bitch, put your seat up a little bit. How about that's a Delta issue? Because I didn't tell I didn't make this the seat behind me that close. All these motherfucking seats recline. Your seat shouldn't recline into the other person. Like that's a design flaw. That's not me. But this is really what threw me for a loop. She was getting the FBI involved and trying to like pursue this shit. Fuck you, lady. No, but this was this is what blew me. The Delta CEO says the passenger should ask permission before they recline the seat. Really? The CEO of Delta said that dumb shit. Like what? Because he ain't flying. He ain't flying them but first class. First off, I'm not asking for shit. If I pay for a fucking seat that recline and I want to fucking recline if I got a bad back a bad neck I don't give a fuck what it is I'm gonna recline my seat because the seat is designed to recline now Mr. Delta how about you just push the seat back another uh, four or five inches or some shit but you want that two extra rows in the back so you can charge like that's not a that's not a customer problem secondly you're not about to hit my seat all night I'm gonna tell the fucking flight attendant and you're gonna stop if you don't stop then either the air marshal is going to get involved or we land in this bitch quick, fast, and in a hurry. 
That's de- no. You're period. not gonna, you're not gonna punch my seat for two hours. Like that don't make no fucking sense. And I seen some <laughs> some comments like, I bet you he wouldn't be doing that shit if it was a nigga in the seat. He probably wouldn't. You know, and and when I say I'm like a, a man in the seat. Yeah. And I'm sure he wouldn't if it was a black man in the seat. I'm 100 percent sure you wouldn't did Nigga, that. Nigga, I'd have took about two knocks to the back of that. Hey, my man, unbuckle. Unbuckle and square the fuck up. I'll strangle your motherfucking (laughs) ass in the back of this. I'll put your face in that goddamn toilet. You already in the back. Don't nobody care. Nigga be whole face pressed up against the window. I done seen Passenger 57. (laughs) I'll put you underneath this motherfucker. (laughs) Like, that's not that's not cool with me. But the CEO of Delta, he's a dick. It's it's he should ask permission. Fuck, I gotta ask another nigga for permission. I've done paid four hundred dollars for this goddamn seat. You better suck my dick. That's wild, dog. I I don't I don't get it, dog. Um, that's wild. But uh, in any event, dog. Uh, this week we had um some special guests that came in and uh, discussed like the census and um social justice, the whole nine yards. Friends of yours? Yeah, yeah. My good friend uh Darwin and some associates from his church wanted to come in and uh sit with us and discuss the importance of the census, voter registration. And I mean, you know, beyond just being a good cause, you know, that's a, a overall just a good person in my life. Yeah. You know, him and his wife have been, you know, nothing but great and sincere to me. So like when he when he placed the call, you know, it was nothing but a word to get him up in here. So uh it's a pretty cool conversation that we had. Yeah. Um we kind of recorded it first because um how they was try- when they came in, I heard them out in the lobby talking about what Pastor said. I'm like, oh, uh, I'm not gonna be. Able to- <laughs> I'm not gonna. Be we able wanted to-, to give it the respect and the reverence that it deserved. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we do what we do, but you know, we want to try and be respectful on all costs. So I mean, I'm I'm even debating whether I should even reverse it or leave it at first and then just do this second. I don't even know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. When are you listening to this? Are you listening to this before? Or are you listening to it after? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. I've never watched Dragon Ball. All right, nigga. Uh, give your rap, <laughs> give, never... man, do your fucking wrap up. Let's... <laughs> nigga ain't never played spades. And never... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I ain't never said I never played spades. Well, you said you can't play that... spades. No, I can play spades. What my, my issue with spades is like... Niggas that take like card games is like way too serious. No, I don't. That's not the conversation we had on this podcast. No, no, I can play. I can play spades. What I don't want to do is play for hours. And there's, ah, I think we're moving to change it. I think we're changing history, there, buddy. And uh, and what do you what do you win once you're done playing spades? Money, nigga. <laughs> Come on, dog. Nobody cares about you being the world champion of spades. We play spades for money. Okay, well, we're trapping this motherfucking money on this goddamn table, nigga. It's it's amongst family and friends. It's still a friendly game. Get, get, look, man, ain't shit about games is friendly. I win everything I'm ever participating in. That's it. Mama okay. mentality. Okay, <laughs> and they finally bur- they finally bury him and Gianna. Yeah, they did a private service, but the public service is gonna be after the All Star break. So you were and right. It's gonna be costly. Yeah, the ticket's not free. <laughs> no, you you, you want to pay homage to the Mamba, but all the money going to charity though. Fair enough. Tickets up to two hundred dollars, but you're gonna pay, and they've been they're not open to the public. They've and you still off, gonna pay? They offer to uh, I like this matter of fact. They offer to t- season season ticket holders first. I'm like, cause y'all got it, y'all got it. Yeah, we, that's how we gonna get y'all to donate. So 
Fair enough. Uh, it's Dame going wild on IG. Uh, still no Twitter. Uh, just get ready for the wave. I got some big cooking heartbreak Dame. Just remember, just remember the name because it's coming up. And I'm about to drop this freestyle. And me, and me and you, we about to drop drop our joint joint. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we should drop it like at the live. Like rabbit. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> like, fuck up your evening. Uh I don't know, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll out. figure it out. Uh it's Jay Johnson, three one three. Happy Valentine's Day to all y'all out there. Hope y'all had a, a a wonderful lover's day. Um and if maybe this was the first time that you got on. I had a really good date a few years ago on Valentine's Day, though. One of my favorite actions. Um it worked out. I was with a young for lady. As long as it worked out. <laughs> yeah, I was with a young lady for like almost damn near a decade and her birthday was valentine's day yeah. so i mean it would always be like something but uh yeah man it, it's for lovers only and uh if you listen to this by yourself and you're waking up in your bed listening to jay and dame your night probably didn't go as well as you thought it did but we appreciate you yeah uh follow me on uh instagram one of our Dan- listeners told me that she plays with her coochie and listens to us on saturday mornings Word. Really? <laughs> Word. Well, whose intro do you like? <laughs> Start making some noise. <laughs> Start making some vibrating noises, motherfucker. Uh, follow Shop Talk Podcast. And I'm saying this over the church benediction music. Yeah, man. Let's let's wrap terrible. it up. Let's wrap it up. Shop Talk Podcast Studio. You see the blue and the black, you know where you at. I'm not saying we the Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jay and Dane. Hell yeah. Peace. Darwin, I appreciate you coming out. Uh and speaking with us and bringing bring out the social justice ministry from the church is, you know, what a, a, a huge thing that people don't know is that how much I love and appreciate you and your wife. Uh, number one, because when I got sick last year, Reese was the one that encouraged me to go to the doctor. I never told anybody this, but me and her, she came by my desk to help me out with some stuff. And I've been blowing off my doctor's appointments. And like any... She's perceptive enough to know that something wasn't right. Like, I wasn't giving her all the information of what was going on, but she knew something wasn't right. That's her. That's her. And and I I just flat out told her, I said, Reese, I ain't trying to go to the doctor. It had literally been probably like four years since I had been to the doctor beforehand. And the last time I went to the doctor, I ended up in the hospital. I was going through heart failure, and I didn't know it. And I thought I was taking care of myself. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. She looked at me and she's like, I know something not right. And she encouraged me to go. And she shared with me like a little tidbit that you you and her had discussed about some health issues that you had had at one point. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, I'm going to get up and go. Show sure enough. He sent me straight <laughs> straight from uh, the doctor's office right over to Providence. And then that kind of like started, you know, the circumvent of everything that I went through health-wise. But, uh, you know, because I almost – you know, I'll be honest. I, anybody that followed the show, no, I almost tapped out last year. Right. Like, right. I, don't, I don't make no bones about it. Like, I almost went home. And I also remember something that was just huge for me. You know, I remember when I was at Henry Ford West Bloomfield, I'm messing around in the bathroom, kind of shuffling. I hadn't got up for probably like four days mm. when you came and saw me. And uh, I couldn't put the voice. Like, I didn't know who was out there in the room okay. because I was so – you know, heavily medicated. I mean, you you sat with me for hours, and I know I was in and out mm-hmm. that whole time, but I just appreciated you all being there for me at my worst. You know, when my, when my father passed, you and Teresa, you know, just came out of the goodness of your heart, and Reese has always been, 
you know, nothing but a blessing to me when we worked together. So when you reached out, you know, you said that you had some important information you wanted to share with people. I wanted to be sure that, you know, we did our due diligence and got you on. But, you know, more than anything, just as a friend, I appreciate y'all, oh, man. Man, man I, that's, that's love, brother. We appreciate you because a lot of times I think in our community we don't understand that communication is everything. Absolutely. And when people are hurting and, you know, we tend, as as black men, we tend to hold that up. Yeah. And I can honestly tell you, you know, I, I'm guilty of it, you know, as I got sick and didn't share everything with my wife until she had to call 911 and yeah. in the middle of the night, you know, mm. she like, what? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, but so. she, she knew. She knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. I, I give it to Reese probably helped save my life. Yeah. Another yeah. day or two, I may not have made it. Yeah. Yeah. And she, oh, you know. It's a blessing. That's a yeah, blessing. Yeah. I appreciate her so much for that. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you, brother. We appreciate you. You know, so, but yeah, our social justice ministry at the church, uh, and I'm here with Shivana as well, is, is we come to talk about the census. Okay. And the importance of, you know, being counted in our community. Okay. Um, a lot of times, I don't know if you realize it or not, but there were 16 million African Americans that weren't counted in the last census. So when you think about that, and I want Where did that number come from? That was uh, well. Not let me rephrase that. <laughs> if they weren't counted, like how do they who, who, how do they count them? Just based on the based on public housing, gotcha. public uh, WIC. Yeah. Um, and you can jump in, Shavana. Just a variety of things that when they look at you know what's determined, like it got to be more than this. It got absolutely. Yeah. So Shavana yeah. was sharing with me earlier about how they overcounted some white people. Absolutely. So, of course, uh, the census data is measured by the number of respondents, the people who actually complete the census and turn it in. So if you have more of one demographic, you know, one racial or ethnic group turning in and submitting their census data, then that racial group gets counted, whereas the people who do not submit that their census information, they're undercounted. So then it looks like there's a majority of one group in a specific area yeah. when we actually know that there are more people um, in that particular area. So by them being undercounted, the resources are then distributed unevenly. So. Okay. Right. So that's why Detroit, if you remember, 10 years ago, Wayne County lost congressional seats. I do remember that. That was because of the census. Okay. We were undercounted in Metro Detroit. African-Americans didn't fill out their census form. So when you talk about the census and what that includes, it includes your libraries, your schools, your bus routes, your WIC program, your SNAP, everything, your roads, all of this encompasses over a $600 billion budget. So for you and your kids and your household, each person for this census coming up right now for 2020 and I want you to think about these numbers. Everybody in your household is accountable for $1,046 per month for 10 years. So a household of five, and I don't have my calculator with me, but a household of five, so a husband, wife, and three kids, $1,046 times five in that house, right? 5230 Okay. Take that. Times 12 months. $62,760. Now take that times 10 years. $627,000. That's per, a huge number. That's, that's a, a huge big number. number that your household determines what's going to go on in your community. 
So do you think it's worth being counted to have a voice in that? Definitely, because when you hear, you know, something just as simple as you brought up about the roads, if you live in a metro Detroit area, you complain about the streets. Plain and simple, especially if you live within the confines of Detroit. You know how terrible your roads are, and a lot of that is because we're we're not counted. Now, I know I did have a question about the census, and I had to reach out to a good friend of mine okay. to kind of get some information, is that I, my friend in particular, his family, they're immigrants. Okay. You know, yes. they're, they're illegal. Mm-hmm. They're illegal here in Michigan, mm-hmm. and they've always shied away from the census because of the fear that, you know, especially with – these different ice concentration camps that they could be shipped back here in Metro Detroit. Yeah. That they could be shipped back home. My, my partner, his father's from Yemen. He hasn't been back to his home country in like 30 years. He started a business here. You know, this, this is where his kids were born, where he got married. And, you know, he's scared to do things like that because of, you know, his fear that, you know, I'll be sent back home. The number one question that they put out on census myths, true or false is undocumented residents shouldn't take should not take the census. False. The census is a count of all individuals living in the United States at the time, regardless of citizenship status, including citizens, citizens, permanent residents, and the undocumented. There it is right there. Okay. So even your immigrants should be counted. I'm gonna tell you who else should be counted. If you go ahead, you, you got a question? Yeah. So the census, uh, I didn't feel one out in 2010. I don't remember doing that, but I do remember my parents doing it when I was a kid. Do you put your address on there? Uh, the address. Like of, when they do the census data, do they be like, yes, yes, your address is on there. So I think that's what they be worried about, right? Because the census data is supposed to be for something, but like if I know I got 14 immigrants in this house and I tell you that and then I'll get my address out, they be like, y'all gonna pull up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they they're not let me just clear that they're <laughs> yeah. not supposed to do that. <laughs> okay, right. And it's not supposed to be used for that. But I'm gonna share something else with you. Like if you got anybody like my family, we have family members that are incarcerated. Yeah. Now you you know the government know where everybody's sitting that's incarcerated, right? Yeah, absolutely. But if you in jail, they are not going to count you. But me, if I have a son in jail and he's going to come count home him. to my house, I can count him. Okay. If my wife is pregnant, I can count, you know, right. she's going to give birth, I can count the baby. Now, what's interesting, I have a good friend of mine who was incarcerated in Virginia, uh, Shaka Senor. You know my boy, yeah, yeah. Arthur. Absolutely. Shaka, and that's, we we want to sit down with him, by the way. Well, let me know because, like I said, he'll be here in a couple of weeks and we're going to chop it up. But Dame, no, oh, that's my guy. Yeah. You know, that's my guy. I've been wanting to and, sit down with him. And, and so him and I was talking just this week, and he was telling me when he was locked up in Virginia, they was trying to make all the all the inmates fill out the census form for their prison. So Virginia can get the money. And he told him, I'm not feeling out nothing. Yeah. So lo- think about that. A lot of these brothers, like, this is just where I caught the charge at down here. Like, I'm not coming back here. <laughs> right. <laughs> once You're I get free. The- yeah. Once I get free, I'm going back to Detroit. Right. 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 So it's important. But again, well, Shaka, you know, he's a deep brother. So he knew not to do that. They've been doing that for quite some time, right? Yes. Yeah. So back in the slavery times, right? You know, this whole three fifths of human stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, the real breakdown behind that is um, when they were trying to vote, um, to see what was going to go on between the North and the South. Um, the South wanted to be able to count every slave. And cause like if I own a sl- I own this plantation with 45 slaves, those are 45 votes. So we counting 
all ah, y'all. Okay. So the other side was like, no, that's not fair. So each one of them is going to be worth three fifths. So y'all don't have a lot of, so y'all don't do the votes. But somehow it got so switched. So y'all can't slide the majority that yeah. way. Somehow it got switched that like y'all wasn't but three fifths as a human in this whole. But, but to your point, they've been doing that for years. You award, because prison is slavery. Yeah. So they've been trying yeah. to do that for quite some time. <laughs> right, right, right. So. so, but yeah, so that's that's interesting there. Then another question that I'm glad you asked about the address and stuff, because we've had some members in our church who brought in uh, those packets mm-hmm. that's from, I don't know what government agency from, but they're like 20 or 25 pages long, and it says census on it. Yeah. So we don't want people to be fooled because that packet asks you for your social security number, your yes, banking. it's very detailed. But I hear that it is legal. It is a legal document, yeah. almost like a prerequisite. Prerequisite. They're collecting information. However, it's not the census itself. Mm. So when you have the elderly people receiving this information, they think it's the census. They fill it out and then they think they're done. Yeah. Whereas you know, when the census comes. Then they don't fill it out. Then they don't they're fill it out. They're not done. So, so on the census, they're not asking for your social security number or your banking information or mm-hmm. any of that. So understand, if you get something like that, that's not the census. The census is only 10 questions, period. But, I mean, it's crazy how they muddle the information that we receive to keep the wool over our eyes for so long. I mean, you know, when you look at the elderly, unfortunately, that's a, that's a, a group that's that sometimes it's easy to take advantage of. You know what I'm saying? They they yes. they get they they get a hold of certain information, and now your grandmother thinks she already did it. So when they're really coming around and count the census, she don't want to participate because she right. thinks she already did. Well, it. well, that's why the church is getting involved. So what mm-hmm. we're doing, we have a computer lab in our church, a computer center. So this year, for the first time, you'll be able to do your census online. Okay. So our church is opening up as a community resource That'll right here in Westland where we're going to work with our seniors and seniors in the community and the different community centers to make sure that they get counted and get counted properly. So even like when we have the different activities, like we have what's called the SAGE ministry, they meet there there at our church on Tuesdays. So even some of those seniors who may not be coming to church or members of our church but participate in these various ministries will be able to get the correct information and be counted. So that's why we're, we're trying to really get the word out that if people have questions, at GMBC Westland, we're just trying to be an informative center where people have questions. We can give them the right information. Okay. Let me ask, um, what do you think the fear of black people filling out the census came from? Well, um, I would have to say you, you brought up the, the point of immigrants. And, you know, I would have to say that's a part of it. Just you know, we in our communities, we we welcome, we embrace everybody in our community. So you might have people not just of Hispanic origin, but other people, Asian, you know, uh, people from Africa. If they are here and they're here, you know, illegally, yeah. then they are not going to be comfortable filling out that census. 
So in addition to that, I think some of it, and this is just my opinion, but a lot of that uncomfortableness also comes from not being resourced and serviced properly in the first place. Many of our areas right now are under-resourced. Absolutely. And so if we continue to be undercounted, again, that the resources will not be leveraged the way that it should be. And so what's going to happen is that we're going to advance the issues that are currently existing in our communities as it is. So... Just, you know, what's happening now. And, uh, and, it's, and, and it's like everything else in our community. And I think Shivana said it best. We have been, our parents, our grandparents have been conditioned to just go with whatever they say. Right. You know, when you think about it, because realistically, I know in my family, you know, education is huge. So as we're learning these different things and you saying why black people, it's same as the immigrants. Well, what they going to do in our community? Not realizing that this is to help your community. That's just like people who don't vote. You know, a vote, a no vote last time was a vote for 45, and I call them 45. So I think if we don't sit up here and count, but yet, and I want to go through this, if, if we don't be counted, and you look at SNAP, which is the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, WIC, Children's Health Insurance Program, Head Start, special education, free and reduced lunch, classrooms, road, bridges, and public transportation. These are all the funds that come from the census. I think some of those um, are probably why people, some people don't fill out the census. Absolutely. What I mean by that is, unfortunately, um, it's almost encouraged that you be a single mother and not, a, another, not, not have a man inside the home to get certain uh, benefits from the government. So I think some of them probably be hiding the fact that, oh, it's actually, I got my whole family here, but I'm single mom or single dad, you know, trying to get government assistance for different things because the government has incentivized a divided family versus uh, a nuclear family. So I think um, oftentimes that could be it. Um, also, people might be on parole, on parole. Uh, not where they're supposed not, to not be. Not where they're supposed to be. And they don't <laughs> want to bring it. Oh, you got four people here? We uh, we we know the three. That must be your son we've been looking for. for but so, they uh, still should be counted. Regardless, they, they still should be counted. Because at the same time, it's it's like I, 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 I try to explain to my son. And it's sad to say, but people only know what you tell them. Right. Yeah. And it's the same in government. I've learned this in corporate America. People only know what you tell them. I mean, so if I tell you I have five people in my house, whether I'm documented or undocumented, ICE is not going to be going to the census people to say, well, hey, give me all your information. You know, but they may. I mean, <laughs> 45. You know, it's 45. I mean, but. <laughs> well, wasn't it last year when they had to debate to, to have a question removed from the census? Yes. That 45 whether was you trying a citizen to ask you whether you're yeah. a citizen or not. Yes. So that whole lack of trust. Yeah. You know, that's why people, you know, fear taking the census because they can't trust, you know, a lot of the people who are making decisions. Yeah, you but, know? you know, when I look at some of these subjects on here, especially SNAP, you know, Head Start, um, you know, schools, roads. I mean, those are things that I can honestly say I've directly benefited from. You know, I I don't make no bones about it. I ain't worked for nobody in seven months. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. I had to depend. I had to depend on certain certain services in order just for me and my kids to maintain. And as a parent, I live inside the city of Detroit. One of the the things that concerns me the most is I don't have 
the extra income to send my children to private school. I wish I could live, you know, maybe in a better neighborhood where I could not have to worry about some of the, the issues that come along with public school, but I'm where I am. So, right. you know, I want my, I don't think that just because I live on the west side of Detroit that my baby should have, you know, a less of an opportunity at a quality education, Absolutely. say, as my coworkers that live out in West Bloomfield or in Warren, Michigan. Well, let's talk about that. And the reason why it's important to be counted, right? So for, say, you said Rose or SNAP or whatever. So yeah. if uh, Detroit only got 700,000 people in it, right? And say, let's say after the citizens, I mean, after the census, now it's only 650. Then the amount of month from the government side, we're like, okay, if you got 650,000, mm-hmm. X amount of people live in the city of Detroit, we expect this so many cars going through. We're only going to give you so much money to fix the roads because yes. this is normal wear and tear on a city that has this amount of Based on people. our projected yes. information. Yeah. Let's, let's, let, and let's talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I am real curious about is gentrification. Yes. Oh, so let's talk about the Rosedale Parks. Oh yeah, the Boston Edisons. I yeah. mean, ten years East ago, English if Village. you went through ten years ago, if you went through Boston Edison, it was all black. Yes, go through there now. It is a mixed community. Yeah, it is a mixed community. So when and I don't know, you know, I know you, you know, you yeah, grew up in Rosedale. Rose yeah, my my father's house is still there. My sister, you know, currently still lives there. And I remember growing up. I had maybe one or two neighbor white neighbors sprinkled in on my block. Right. And that was, you know, most of my life coming up. Now when I go through the neighborhood, visit my sister, you know, drop in, the neighborhood looks completely different. And, you know, one of the things that bothers me, you know, I was just sharing, you know, I work downtown at this point. And uh, seeing, you know, I was talking to some of my coworkers and they just, you know, they love the the vibrant downtown community. I graduated from Cass 20 years ago and I'm trying to tell them, like, the same downtown that you love was dangerous Back yes. in ninety eight, ninety nine. Cause yeah. I, I just seen some um some condos and apartments uh down on Cass Corridor. Like him, I used to stand on a bus on this corner. Absolutely, this was, this was a different feeling. Yeah, okay. it was it's dangerous a, it was a down here. It's a different feeling. So you know those condos that are down there on uh Woodward, right across the street from the Fox. Yes. yes. Okay. I remember like when the housing market like plummeted. Forty eight. They were eighty. They were eighty nine nine. My oh. boy bought one. Oh, my my partner bought two of them back then, and we thought it was junk. Yeah. Twenty twelve, it was like forty eight thousand. Yeah, one point two million. Yeah, we thought we thought they was junk when he bought right. them. He <laughs> held on to them for probably about six, seven years. He sold them for about four hundred grand each and thought he was yeah. doing great. Now, if he would have held on to them another four or five, they're one point two million now. Wow. That same neighborhood. Like so our- when we talk about the census and being counted and how neighborhoods change. And we talk about Wayne County losing those congressional seats, as you just talked about what they say, Detroit, 600,000. So I'll guarantee you there's a push this year. We may see that number go up in Wayne County because I know, uh, and I know Shavada printed it out, the difference in how it was undercounted in the different uh, communities. And I wanted to see. The response rates? Yes, the response mm-hmm. rates. Overall, in Wayne County, there was a 4% reduction oh, yeah, there from yep, 2000 to 2010. Yes. So then, when, when you look at that, so you look at. Detroit, yeah. Yeah. So let's look at, let's take a city like uh, Romulus. In 2000, it was counted at 81%. 2010, 75%. And you look at Detroit, was counted as 70% and dropped all the way down to 64%. 
So those are the numbers when you start talking about the drop and the income. And what's important within that is, uh, you know, we like to talk about the police. Y'all been civil servants and mm-hmm. I pay your, your salary <laughs> or whatever. But based on the number of people in the city is how many police officers going to be yes. there. Right. And yes. right now, um, you can't build a city if you don't have safety. And if you want more police officers in areas to be able to respond quicker, then they need a bigger budget so they can hire more. And you got to be counted in order for that to happen. Yeah. So if I, if it's only 600,000 of y'all, I'll put it like this. So if two, if 10 years ago there were more people in the city and now there's, say, 100,000 100, less, you're going to have less police officers. Yes. Absolutely. And, you, and crime is the the mentality is getting worse and the police officer number is drip dropping so that's a that's a, a recipe for disaster let, let me ask you this question cuz you said something you said you remember your parents yeah. when you were younger county and you know one of because i don't remember my parents ever even talking about a census but i was sharing with Shavana, like i live in canton now or i well we just recently moved but when i was in canton they come by the house you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and I had never experienced nothing like that. It was like, wow, okay. It must have been 1990. Yeah. Because 2000, I was in high school, and I know I wasn't that old, and it's right. every 10 years. So every it must years. have been 1990. I, I, I remember the form. You remember the form? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I remember I had friends that worked for the census maybe about 2000. They may have came by. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I still feel like they were on foot then, but you know how – like we so don't come. They, they knocking on the door. Don't answer. Yeah, I'm surprised how Joe witnesses make it. Like they because they travel in pairs. What I'm saying is they come to the they come. You know I got the little ring doorbell. Yeah. They come to my house all the time. Like you 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 expect me to let you a stranger in my house? Or I know you don't think of having this conversation in the winter time with the door open. Like we all got to figure but, another way out. But I, I'm gonna tell y'all something. It was I went to uh, a social justice conference yeah i don't know if y'all ever heard of pastor freddie haynes friendship church down in dallas Texas. I yes i heard of the friendship church. yeah yeah you know pastor freddie haynes he'd be on the ricky smiley morning yeah, show yeah, 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 doing yeah. this thing well he has a social justice uh conference every year that uh, that pastor duckworth allowed me to go to this year and that's where i got a lot of this information from and what their focus is is they went back to dr king days and uh, Dr. Young and the ministers talking about, and and it really resonated with me was because they were saying is when things got done in our community, they came out of the church. Yeah. yeah he said absolutely. when things happened in the black community, the church mm-hmm. was at the forefront. Yeah. He said, why are we not at the forefront of pushing these issues when we were getting things? He said, anybody who was anybody, if they wanted something done in the black community. You had to come to the church. The meeting was at the church. They had to visit the church. You know, exactly, because people people were involved. So this whole census thing, when I was in this meeting, the directive was is to go back home and get your churches involved and let's be counted. So the reason why that stuck with me is because if you go to Dallas, Texas today, and it blew my mind, and you talk about the power of getting something done. At Friendship West and Dr. Freddie Haynes Church, you know those, you know the check cashing places yeah. that we got here on every corner? You go to Dallas, they don't have none. No, he pushed them out. They pushed them out. And what blew my mind was he said the owners of those check cashing places, they flew in from all over the country, offered to write the checks to pay off everybody's loans, just don't close our building. So that lets you know the power of getting something done. 
Because if you go through the white neighborhoods, ain't no check cashing places on the corner. No. And so that let me know, like he said, you know, we have to start with the small victories and getting those check cashing places out of the hood because we don't know the damage that they do to if you if you and I forgot how they explained it with the interest rate. Ninety five dollars for five hundred dollars. There you go. <laughs> right, right, right. So you think about that as a steady diet over the course of a year, how much money somebody has made. And it all starts. So we have to, when we talk about social justice and we talk about the census and we talk about something as little as being counted, it doesn't cost you anything to get counted, but to not be counted will cost you your life. And a lot of that is, uh, you know, I think a great thing that you all are doing is just like the lack of information and the lack of knowledge. When you talk about the check cash in place, I can I can speak for myself. I left home at 18, 19 because I said, I'm, I'm a man, I'm going to live on my own. I wasn't man enough to even have a checking account. You know, I was I was buying money orders and busting my Comcast check down at the liquor store because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have, a, even though I grew up with parents that told me to get a bank, like I just wouldn't trust you with them. the cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I should have been making better decisions. <laughs> right. But I felt safer with my money in a Nike box up underneath my bed mm-hmm. than going to the bank and, and just opening up an account. I remember... When I went to the, I mean, it, if it's just a checking account, you ain't saving nothing. You might as well. Yeah, <laughs> I went to the. I just went to the bank just one day on the humble because I had gotten a check from somewhere. It was a Comerica check, and I just overheard my mother talking like, "Well, if you just take it straight to Comerica, no yeah, cash, that yeah. you ain't gotta have no account." I got to the account. I got there. I cashed my check. The lady was like, "Baby, how are you paying bills?" I'm like. Money orders. Like, I'm looking at her like she's stupid. Like, I'm I'm getting money orders. They're only 35 cents. She's like, no, we're going to open you up a checking. You're going you're gonna to leave $50 here, and we're going to open you up a checking account today. And it was just, you know, it took something that small just to help me kind of, like, propel myself and, like, okay, so I don't have to do what I've been doing. You know, I was just rebelling against stuff so hard, but it was literally the, the lack of knowledge that I had that was – Keeping me in a hole. And that's why yeah. I wanted to reach out to you on the census. Yeah, the lack of knowledge and, and going back to that trust issue. And you yeah. mentioned, you know, the African-American church, specifically our church, because I have to commend our pastor. We are a social justice church. Um, this is one of many social justice issues that we've attacked at the church. But you go back to the trust in the church. Most people are people we trust the church. We go to the church for information, for support. Absolutely. So one, uh, there are a couple of things that we're doing. We're starting in the church. We're educating our church members first about the census, and then we're going to do some outreach okay. and actually reach out to other faith-based organizations and encourage them to educate their congregation. That's one way to continue to get the information out in a trusting environment. Okay. Now, you had also mentioned about you know, letting this push behind the census kind of steamroll us in the voter voter registration. What's the plans there? Well, we haven't really. We have a uh, what we got an action plan. So mm-hmm. we're going to just take the action plan and really just change the narrative from the census to voting. Okay. You know, realistically, because it's really at the end of the day, there were so many people who didn't vote last time mm-hmm. that just stayed home and. Half the country don't vote every time, by the way. Right. Yeah. Like literally half the country doesn't vote. Well, sometimes it makes a difference. Some of But sometimes when uh, when they reference people not voting, they just assume it's black people. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And like, you know how many white folks do not 
and have not ever Absolute, voted. Absolutely, right. right That's right. just you know. I just hate negative stigmas they give. <laughs> like it only impacts us. It it's, impacts it's everybody. It, well, same with the census. Yeah. I mean, the census impacts everybody, and and so when we talk about you know doing what we need to do, so one of the things that and it's real simple. So we say the census has ten questions. So realistically, they're only asking the number of people living in your home or apartment as of April first, the name of each person. The age of each whoa, person. Whoa, that my name. <laughs> yeah. The, the age of each person, the birthday of each person, the sex, and the race. And then the relation of each person to the central person in the household. So that is it. That is it. You can complete the census by phone, online, or you can mail it in. Now, what's very important is that the census are going to be mailed out from March 12th through April 27th. So everybody in the window. country, right, from March 12th. Does one go to every April address 20th. no matter what? Yes. I believe so, yeah, yeah. So and then April 1st is the actual census day. And so what we're doing at our church is we're going to kick off it, you know, with a census weekend at GMBC from March 27th through 29th. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're going to have uh, that census Sunday, March 29th. Now, our pastor has already preached his first sermon on the census, <laughs> which if anybody, you know, is a Bible scholar, they talk about the census in the Bible Absolutely. and county. So, you know, when people say it don't matter, you know, and I can tell you, our pastor, Dr. D, Dr. Duckworth, is very dynamic, and uh, we are excited, you know, that he even wants to take the subject on. His apologies, he couldn't be here this evening. As you know, life of a pastor is always busy, so Absolutely. he, you know, he well, had a full day today. The door is always open, and I, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, when I got out the hospital, you know, restayed on my head about just hey, coming to church one Sunday, yeah, just one can. Sunday, yeah. and I let it go. And, man, I came to church. I cried the whole service. Yeah. The whole service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, and that's okay because, you know, God, I needed it. God moves you and, and, you know, you welcome at any time because, you know, like I tell people all the time, the Holy Spirit going to have his way Absolutely. one way or the other. Absolutely. One way or the other, the Holy Spirit is going to have his way. And like I tell people all the time, you ain't got to come to my church. But find you a church that you like and get connected. Yes. You know, and get connected, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you know, we look at these programs, social justice, all the things, cause our church is busy. We got activities for everybody at every age doing something. <laughs> yes. And, and so, um, you know, but the information is not any good if we don't share it. Right. You know, the information is not any good if we don't share it. So, you know, and this and and the census, I think, uh, and I haven't heard anything other than the commercials I see on TV about the census. So when you th- heard a couple on the radio, a couple, uh, one on WJLB a couple weeks ago, somebody was like, uh, it was a young lady voice. She was essentially, essentially like, essentially like, it matters that we do the census. And if it didn't matter, then they wouldn't be trying to hide the information from you. There you it's go. It's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's the That's truth. the truth. So, I mean, when you think about that and and all of our people who have a voice in this community, I haven't heard not one thing major about where our seniors can go. You know, all the nursing homes and all the things that we have going on, you know, who's counting these people? Mm. But yet, you know, when some drama jump off or you look at the news, you know. This should be all over television. There you it go. Should. Like it a national. Like, so 
if this was a, a, a thing that's on the up and up, this is a national thing that we need to help the country move, right? Right, absolutely. It should be free advertisement on Mondays at 2 o'clock. Right. Or, uh, unplug the mic here. Uh, <laughs> Mondays at every hour on the hour saying something about the census. Like, I don't got to pay for advertising. This is a national, to it's give, a national thing. To, to give you an idea, the young lady who I got a lot of my information from is from uh, New York. And their interfaith census 2020 count coalition. So in the state of New York, they actually had a hundred thousand dollars, which is a nice fair amount of money. But if we lived in New York, we could have as a church written in to see if we were eligible to receive ten thousand dollars in a uh fund or five oh one three C or whatever for advertising, doing different things in the community. Yeah. So New York made it so big that they created this coalition to make sure that people got counted because New York lost congressional seats last time as well. Two things that I do see is important. Uh, one, I'm a conspiracy person. I'm a, <laughs> uh, it is kind of, it is kind of uh, uh, like knowing the names, the relation, the whole yeah. nine yards. That's one thing. Sometimes it can give people cause for concern. However, um, when trying to do this past summer with my family reunion or whatnot and trying to retrace our roots back, um, to find the oldest living, like we try to go back as further as we can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't have anything to research besides the census data. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know everybody's into the genealogy, genealogy and all these one, two, three, mm-hmm. me, dot, all these dot coms and stuff like that. Help your future um, folks out. And fill out a census so they so oh, you can be counted. Point. That's a very that's be a able great to, point. Because if I fill it out and say I live here with my brother, father of this, this, and this, when someone's trying to find their genealogy in the future, they look wow. back at census data, and we've looked back as far as we can because we were trying to find my uh, my great grandmother's um, as far as back data as she comes. Okay. From, I mean, from what we always see, you know, everybody's Indian, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, like, that was the real case for her. But we try to find as much as data as we possibly can. We go back to different census. But it's only up until a certain point. And then right. some of the census data from way, way back, everybody had the same last name because you took the last right. name. Because of your, you took the last yeah. name for the slave right. owner. But right. it's really, really important as far as documenting history and, and genealogy and things point. of that nature. So mm-hmm. at the very least, even my conspiracy would subside because <laughs> at some point somebody may be trying to reach, well, I know they was from Detroit and I believe that this, the census data can be researched. Yes. It's, yes. it's available. It's public. Absolutely. Yes. After I don't know how many years, but like it's public and you can you can search it. So well, they're, it helps. they're saying that once everybody is counted, that the initial count should be done by one October. Mm. You know, because you got to keep in mind, this is an election year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they got to get done. <laughs> you know, they have to finish. So they're saying the initial count will be done by, you know, by October one. So the other thing that I wanted to bring up and I've been sharing with people is that, you know, we look at our president, we look at 45 and all the the things that he's cut. You know, one of the big things that he cut out is the budget for the census. They're still going to have canvassers Mm -hmm. out to count people. But the question that I asked is, are they going to be counting in Wayne County? Oh yeah. Are they going to count in the hood? Now, I know they'll come to Canton and count because it's safe and secure. But will they come? Down, you know, on Seven Mile of Hubble and count. Yeah. Will they come down on Eight and Greenfield and count? So think about that. 
other thing I really despise. I'm 37. I'll be 38 in April. All my life, we've been black folks been 13% of the population. <laughs> I refuse to believe we got zero population growth in the last 40 years. The number got to go up or it go down. Like, you can't keep telling me we only 13% of the but population. But if we don't get counted. so and you, that's it. Yeah, so if we don't get counted, think about that. Think about 16 million African Americans that didn't get counted in the last census. That's enough to bump up your theory. That's yeah. enough, right. There you go. So think about now. I never knew that somebody incarcerated is not counted unless you count them. And so what I bring that when I brought that up to different members of my church and family, they were like, "Oh, I, I never knew that. We all got somebody in jail, whether we want to admit it or not. We yeah. all got a Ray Ray or no, somebody." How they check this, dude? I, I, how they checking it? I can believe I just throw down all these Here, type of names. Here's 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 what I it, it's like. People always say, "Well, how's she go down there and get a bridge card, or how's she get X amount of welfare?" They only know what you tell them. It's not like somebody going behind you and checking. Right. I hate to say that, but that's reality. You know, I hate to say it at the end of the day. I don't see anybody knocking on the door saying, "Well, let me see how many bedrooms you got in this house." Yeah. I just don't see that happening. You know, so we have to get this word out. But at the same time, just like we have in this conversation, think about how many times this conversation needs to be had, not just here, but all over Metro Detroit, all over the state of Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, all these other places where we live, because I guarantee you, you know, we are still going to be undercounted no matter how much we want to get this word out. Absolutely. What does the word say? My people perish for lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. We have to go at it that way. We have to educate our people. You know, we mentioned here ourselves that we can't recall times when we actually filled out a census when we were old enough and had our own because we weren't educated. When we're intentional about what we want people to do, then I think our people pay attention and not just our people. If I could go back to the whole issue of being, well, not issue, but having the option to complete the census online. While it might be great for some, those who are comfortable with technology, for those who are not comfortable, it's not a great option. We yeah. have to, especially if you look in areas where that high concentration of of, of poverty and high concentration of areas where there's low broadband yeah. or people don't have access to that, then you're not going to be able to choose that as an option. And if you, if you can't go in and then you don't pay attention to the U.S. mail piece, then you're not counted. So we're trying to eliminate as many barriers as we can by opening our our doors and educating the people within our circle of influence. You know, it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because just last week we were on a different podcast our good brother, the spam report. And he was talking about how they're making voter registration. You're able to do it through an app now, you know, to, Mm -hmm. so, so you can reach out to certain people. Cause I get it. There's a, you know, my kids, I got to look at that life as them growing up in the next, Mm -hmm. you know, five, 10 years, not even that long. My oldest would be 17 in April. It'd be a year before he can register to vote. Like his life is going to be, be different. This, this right. phone is and, all he knows. And right. you need to be having a conversation with him about the census. Oh, absolutely. Because this is where it's shaped at right now. You know, that's, that's because I've been saying all along, we need to get our young people involved mm-hmm. so they understand the importance of being counted. And if they don't feel like they're involved at the base level of things, you know, it, it establishes a, 
their reluctance to be involved later yeah. on down in life. I know for me, I didn't register to vote until I was 25, 26 years old because wow. I honestly felt, you know, I looked at what was going around, going along like with my parents coming up voting. I just didn't see any place for me in the process That's it. until I started having kids and I understood that, you know, their education was important to me. I couldn't, I can't afford private school. My baby's going to have to go to DPS or they're going to have to go to charter school. I want to be sure they're in the best position possible until right. I saw that those things really affected me and our lives. You know, I didn't choose to get involved until then. Well, we all have to make a decision. Like I went to military at 17. My mother had to sign for me to go. So I went in the Air Force. And, you know, I went in the Air Force because I didn't want to go to school. Then I got in the Air Force and realized in order to get promoted, you got to go to school. So I'm like, y'all got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> so you you learn being in the military how your vote counts, the commander in chief. <laughs> you learn structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a variety of things. And it's always uh, government and how government function has always fascinated me. Okay. So as I've been on this journey uh, with the census, because this is like, my first real deep dive into what the census is all about. And it is when you think about $600 billion over a 10 year period. That's life changing. That's that, that kind of money is like, whoa. So then you think about it. So I had to put it, I had to explain it to my son this way. Think about it this way, Damon. What if somebody just handed you five thousand a month for your family, or a thousand dollars like Andrew Yang was trying to give us, or a thousand for Andrew? Literally, Yang. that's a thousand dollars a person thousand, a that, month. Yeah, he was trying to get that to you directly in your hand, it, and people don't vote for their best interest all the time. Correct, but think <laughs> about the census. So the census says, okay, name it. Here's your five thousand every month to contribute to the roads, to da 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 da. But they just put it. Think about an extra five thousand a month income. That's what the census is. We don't see it, but it affects our everyday livelihood. Absolutely. So we have to keep in mind that, like I try to tell my team at work, time is the most precious commodity that we have never get that has no money value. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing to me. <laughs> right. Like in real life, it, I value my time. You value your time, but it <laughs> I has can lose no anything. Value. I can lose anything and get it back. Now, I done lost a lot of money. I done lost cars, but, you know, the minutes that you lose. You're not getting it back. No. You might. So what have you guys, I know we've been talking about the census, so what came to your mind that you thought, wow, I didn't know that about the census? You know, I honestly had no idea how it impacted, you know, like SNAP benefits, roads, things of that nature. And I, and I know how important those things are to our people. You know, education. Like education. that's 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 my that's the thing that I stand firm on. Like mm-hmm. I come from a family of educators. Now I took my own route and veered off and did right. what I did, but <laughs> I know I know where the background is. I know what I want for my babies. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't wanna you know, I tell my son all the time, like, I get up and do what I gotta do, not what I wanna do. I get up and got, I got to do what I got to do because I got five, it's five miles that's gotta, that I got to feed. And regardless if I don't feel like going to work, I don't feel like buying new shoes. But every time I look up, somebody growing. It's right. food, <laughs> food coming in and out of my, my refrigerator on a weekly basis. Right. So if I don't get out and get it, we're going to die. Right. We're going to die. So, like, you know, I push education to him so tough. Like, don't, don't be stuck here in Detroit doing what you got to do to make it. You seventeen. You about to be seventeen. You got another year of high school. Get away. 
Like, I don't care what your mom and them telling you about going to Eastern, go to state. No. Pack up, get on the road, get somewhere. I can get to you by a bus ticket. I can, I can get a plane somewhere, but I need you to go and see what life has to offer while you're getting that education because you're never going to get these years back. Right, 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 Absolutely. right. So I think for me the biggest thing that, that I learned about the census uh, was just not just the number of programs but the money that's involved because you think about um, – we already pay taxes. Yeah. You know, think about how much. And if you live in the city of Detroit, you pay a city tax. So on top of everything else, you paying, you got taxation, you know, you paying, you know, your health insurance if you have it. So all of these different things. And then you find out these programs are dependent on the census money. Then you like, yeah, well, people, what about my taxes money? People been lying on their taxes for so long saying they got all these damn kids. <laughs> and now they don't want to fill out that census and be like, there's only one person live here. But you've been saying you got seven kids on there. Oh, that's, I'm pretty sure that's one of the reasons. And we, it's tax time. Right. Absolutely. And that's why I brought it They're up. They're going to be like, know? wait a minute. How many, who was in your house? <laughs> and you got to give them their name and their address. So like, if you didn't put somebody else's name, address, or social security number on your taxes and now, April, <laughs> April 1st, on April 15th, you turn it in, you want the information to match. But you know what we was talking about with money earlier, how, you know, a lot of people got the checks from, uh, I forget, what, what was it, GM or? Yeah, yeah. You got them big $8,000 signing bonus checks. You get your profit sharing. You get your taxes. You feasibly may have touched anywhere from 10 to 20. If you live in the city, you could have feasibly touched anywhere from maybe 5 to 20 grand Extra this year. In the last what you, three months. What you got yeah. to show for it? Ooh. Some buffs in a nice outfit. Ooh. So you done went to Benny Hanna a few times. Like, what you got to show for it? This is my way of thinking <laughs> about the census right now, right? This is the manual check. Because please believe the government knows exactly who's in your house and how many people <laughs> in the city of Detroit. Sure. Like they know how they know what it is. So, like how we said it's 16 million didn't get counted. We know what the number is. We're gonna do our number. But this is your way for every 10 years for you to actually make sure the the resources that are allocating match what you actually know. They right. know. But if you don't count them and you don't, there's nothing to put on record. I'm going to say whatever. I'm going to say whatever. Like, oh, y'all, you know, y'all only got uh, 20,000 20, black people over here now. But this is your way to actually check the government. Because the information work That's on right. both sides. Like, they only, you only know what you tell them. And you and only it, know and what the government is only telling you this. That's all some of y'all just ever going to know. They tell you what you want to know. And they don't, so. Well, you know, if, if somebody asked me one day, and I had to really think about this. If you ask everybody in the city where they live, where's your public library located? What do you think the percentage of? people that know where their public library is located it's small it's small it's very small they so did your local library your yeah. local library where you live yeah i was told that only eight percent of the people in the communities know where their local library is it's small i i had to hit my son to it this summer because i didn't have a computer a working computer at the house for a minute he wanted to go you know i want to go to my grandma's house that's the, the library is in walking distance son like, like, lace up them Nikes and walk up the street. And he didn't know that. No, nah, had no clue. So think right. about that. So our library is impacted with census dollars. That's one. Of, that's where your money is going, and that's how they're going to determine where the libraries are, where the hospitals are. Mm-hmm. You know, the Darwin. Way. I've been living in this neighborhood for over a decade. 
You know what I'm saying? Like we drive past it to get to the freeway every <laughs> son, it's it's right it's right here. Well things it's, are, it's four blocks. Well things are different because I don't have to go to the library. I could just find the right book here. for yeah, free online. Absolutely. So they don't you know, it's not it's not they may even be reading more than Matter of fact, children probably do read more than they read before, mm-hmm. but they don't Their need access to do to it. it is just different. They don't need to do it bec- in the physically in the library because I can just Google it and get it for free. That's right. And Not uh, just children, all, all of us adults too. Information is right at your fingertips. People yes. are on this more than they're actually engaging in conversation with actual human beings. So that's another reason why our church we're looking at making sure that this we're using it, um, social media. And man, right? I remember to even, communicate information about the census. Even simpler, I used to date a young lady that was like real frugal. You know, she want to spend, she want to make date night as cheap as possible. She'd be like, "Well, let's just go to the library and get some DVDs, and I cook yes. dinner." Like yeah, I had no yes. clue yes. that the library had DVDs. And what's so funny is like, you know, I read, and sometimes I don't feel like buying the book. I'm like, and I'll be searching online for like a digital copy, like. No, I go get this book for free and I don't got to pay for it. <laughs> just bring it back. Like, well, just, just bring, bring it back, it back well, in a week. Well, well, the reason again, and again, I, and I'm, and I make no, my son grew up in Plymouth, Canton his whole life. You know, from time he was in kindergarten, graduated from Plymouth High School. And one of the things I learned from limited in the Plymouth, Canton area, no matter how much money you have or don't have, they utilize the library for everything. Yeah. Canton Public Library is packed. Every single day. Look, when you I was go, Southfield Library nice. packed. You, no, no, right, right. When I wasn't saying. working, that was my <laughs> schedule. I would drop the kids off. I get some breakfast. I go to the library and try and read or be on the internet online just to prepare myself to get back into the workplace. Because yes. I knew if I just went drop the kids off, I'm just gonna go back home, yes. lay in the bed till it's yes. time for them to get off. And then the resources that are available at the library. Mm-hmm. So you know, you think about free Excel classes, free Microsoft. I mean, all of this stuff is free at you your local show library. Up. You mm-hmm. just got to show up. So, and that's why we're saying so for the census. You know, GMBC in Westland, Pastor Duckworth, our computer center is going to be open. You know, we're going to get out into the community. We're getting with other faith-based churches, and we're sharing our plan with them. So hopefully, you know, it's like anything else. If I touch you, Damon, you could touch somebody else. If we touch another church, they could touch somebody else. And if we can continue to get this message across, at the end of the day, somebody will be touched. I just saw... Riding back from L.A., I watched Harriet on the plane. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this, that that story, now some people say it ain't true or this, that, and the other, but the one thing that I got out of it was the communication. You know, so the word went from this plantation to that plantation. There's a black woman that can get us free. It went from that plantation to this plantation to that plantation. Word of mouth. And they been traveling by foot 400 miles, 500 miles to get free. Boom, boom, boom. So here we are in the digital age, and we can't get the word out to our brothers and sisters to fill out a ten question, ten page, ten a ten question uh, questionnaire so they could be counted that would affect their livelihood. You know, it, it's like my grandmother used to tell me all the time: "You have not because you ask not." Yeah. Right. So we have to. I tweeted that last week. <laughs> you you have to do what you have to do, regardless. And like my man said, he's a conspiracy theorist. We all have our issues at our pain points, but when something is controlling your dollars, <laughs> let's stand and up and be counted. Absolutely. So 
where can anybody listening find out more information about the census, the church, the different social justice ministries that you are going on with? Can can you provide us with any info? Well, I know Dara mentioned earlier the local library, of course. Um, and census.org, you can find out any information, even information that we didn't share. You can actually engage and find out numbers on um, past information from the 2010 census, the 2000 census on engaged census. And, um, of course, our church at GMBC 29066 Eaton in Westland, Michigan, of course, we mentioned that we are going to open doors for people to come in and complete the census, and our doors will be open on March the 22nd and the 29th from 12 to 2 p.m., as well as April 7th and April 14th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. For anyone who um, would like assi- um, assistance, right, yep. filling out the census or just need access to a computer. Okay. Yeah. We're going to follow on that way, and, and I know y'all there every Sunday, because I done been. <laughs> right, right, right. You can follow so, us on Facebook, too. Yeah, okay. yeah. our services stream live every Sunday now, every thanks Sunday. to Miss Shivana here. They, our social our social media ministry is growing, you know, so when you look at that and you look at the technology, and like I tell people, I got a good friend of mine who, you know, who will tell you in a minute, man, I ain't sitting up in nobody's church. You know, but he's had opportunity to hear Dr. Duckworth based on our social media. And he said, man, he said, I've never heard a pastor tackle things like your pastor talk about. (laughs) You got to reach the people where they are. Our our pastor is getting ready. He just did a uh, Wednesday night Bible class on the LGBT community. Yes. Think about that. A black pastor talking about the LGBT community. That's unheard of today. But you have to meet people where they at. Yeah. We're so, actually hosting, I'm sorry, cut you off, yeah, but hosting ahead. a human trafficking yes. um, form at the church on the 20th yes, at sure our is. church. So he's a, a true drum major for justice. And again, we're always tackling um, social justice issues. Yes. And, can, and, so. and one more that he's doing that, that the church that he asked me about and he asked me about last week was as far as participating in the bail I don't know if you guys heard about the black churches raising bail money to get our African-American mm-hmm. men out of jail. Okay. You know, so he's also asked me to get involved in that and let's start seeing what we can do to help, you know, in that arena, because there are some churches that are, you know, doing, doing big things in that area. So I know Pastor Bryant down in Atlanta, they bailed out, you know, I think over 500 people over the holiday, you know, hey, so that's something. When y'all get that information together, the door is always open for y'all to come back. You know, I'm nothing but a phone call away, and that's something that has affected me and Jay, you know, really personally, uh, especially in the last couple of years. So, you know, I've certainly had my legal issues. Well, and, uh, and, and I want to bring, and, and Pastor shared something with me that I really didn't know, you know, and it's not when our people are sitting in jail for bail or bond. They ain't guilty yet. It's not a lot of money. But in the black neighborhood, in our community. It's everything. It's everything. And Bill, coming up with five hundred dollars, coming up with a thousand, coming up with twenty five hundred, is is it's unconstitutional for bail to be punitive. Yeah, it can't be a, a amount that you know you can't pay because then there's no reason to offer it. It has to be a realistic amount of money. But but do you guys know how many men are sitting in jail for twenty five hundred? Oh, for, they can't get out for less than that. For less, right? I mean, I I'll be honest, I've been on my knuckles bad and been sitting in jail for three hundred dollars and had right. to. 
had to call and beg right. for somebody to come get me. Right. So yeah. think about that, you know, like you said, our everyday livelihood. We just need to make sure. So there's a lot of things as we are, we just started the social justice ministry mm-hmm. last year, really just getting it going, you know, like December. So, I mean, to take on the census the way we're doing, then moving into voter registration, the bail. I mean, there's a lot of things that encompass. But, you know, our pastor, Dr. John Duckworth, you know, he he leads the charge. And, you know, the thing about it is he's not going to do or say anything to anybody that he won't do himself. Yeah. And that's what I love about him. You know, is you know, and, and like I said, you had a chance yeah. to come here, word. So absolutely, it's it's something, man. But we appreciate y'all having us. And hey man, we appreciate, we appreciate you coming, it. and we we look forward to having y'all back again. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.